This is the At Ashland Podcast, where we talk about what we do at Ashland Church and why we do it. Today, we're talking about the two ordinances Jesus gives to his church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Pastor Jeremy Haskins sat down with Dr. David Prince, pastor of Preaching and Vision at Ashland Avenue Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, to talk through what these ordinances are and why we do them. Let's get into the interview. We're here with Pastor David Prince again, and today we're talking about the two ordinances in the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, first of all, baptism. What is baptism, and why do we why do we do it as a church? Yeah, there aren't many things that the church is expressly commanded to do. Uh, baptism is one of those things. The Lord's Supper is one of those things. Gathering on the Lord's Day is one of those things. So we're not commanded to do very many things specifically. Uh, but baptism is a picture of the gospel. Baptism means to immerse. And baptism is simply the immersion of someone who has professed faith in Christ in the water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and bringing them out of the water which pictures the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, which is that believer's only hope. They're saying that I don't hope in myself, but I'm united by faith to Christ. I trust in his death, his burial, resurrection. So I have died uh, to trusting in myself, and I'm alive in Christ. And one day I will be raised with him again uh, in eternity when at the resurrection of the dead. So at a very simple level, baptism is just picturing the gospel, and we're commanded to do it. And it's so important uh, that if somebody were going to physically harm us for doing it, uh, we should still do it. That's what we see in the book of Acts. Uh, We are to bear witness to our faith. Uh, The word witness is the word martis, from which we get the word martyrs, because so many bore witness to their faith in baptism were persecuted for it. Uh, and it's something that the church does. It's a, it's a command given to the church. Uh, and so when we think about it, it's, it's the person adding their voice to the voice of that congregation, and we are all declaring in that moment, this is what we believe about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if I'm a, um, maybe a new Christian uh, or, or a Christian who believed the gospel, came to faith in Christ even years ago, uh, and have never been baptized, why should I be baptized? You should be baptized because it's commanded by the risen Christ. <laughs> and when the risen Christ says yes, we don't say no. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian forever. Uh, you always learn things new and see things more clearly. And when you see, uh, learn things new and see things more clearly, you obey. And you say, oh, thank God that I see this now. And by the way, you don't look bad. You don't look negatively on your past journey. This is the path that God has brought you. When you figure something out and see that you should have done something you didn't do, you do it. And you feel good about uh, the path that God brought you. You feel good about obedience in the moment. So every believer, if we say Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, he's my Lord. He has absolute rule and authority over all things. And he says, be baptized. Then we... Are baptized. Well, okay. What about the the Lord's Supper? This is we would say baptism is the beginning ordinance of the Christian life uh, that the church uh, practices. 
declaring the gospel, someone who's believed the gospel when they're joining a church uh, through baptism, that, that begins, that's the beginning ordinance. And then we talk about the Lord's Supper. Um, what is the Lord's Supper and why do we do it as a church? Yeah, baptism is that first uh, obedience that leads to uh, the continuing ordinance that God has given the church, and that is the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is um, uh, God centering the gospel in the life of the church. He does Mm. that through preaching, uh, but he also gives us a a very physical, tangible uh, expression of that when we take uh, the bread and say, this is his body for us. And when we drink the the wine or the juice and say, his blood for us, all of our hope is bound up in the body and blood of Christ. Uh, We often call it a symbol, which is fine, uh, but I think it's more than a symbol. Uh, I think it's it's also a sign, because a sign points in two directions. A symbol just symbolizes something in the moment. Uh, When we come to the Lord's table, we're pointing backwards to the sacrificial system and all that God has done to prepare for this moment and saying, this fulfills that. But we're also pointing ahead. Because of the body and blood of Christ, who is now the risen Lord and Savior, he will consummate his kingdom. And in the end of the Bible, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb, where we gather together and feast in eternity as the people of God. And so it's a sign of the kingdom. It is a reminder that Christ has triumphed, and there are people who feed on him and will do so for all eternity. And the food that we have in him will nourish us forever uh, and ever, and we will never be uh, hungry in a spiritual sense again. Now, when it comes to these two ordinances in the church, you you often see uh, maybe confusion or uh, a way in which they're carried out that doesn't uh, lend reverence or celebration to the two ordinances. You have baptism that's sometimes just a fun thing that people do, and it's uh, almost um, it's almost treated in a very trivial way. This is just what you do when you get this certain age, and it's fun. But then, even with the Lord's table, it's there's there's it's almost this. We're at a funeral, and we got to work up these sad feelings. When it comes to these two ordinances, we want to uh, celebrate with reverence. What do we mean by that? Yeah, I would say that uh, these two ordinances uh, are should be marked by holy joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you say holy, people get the sense of reverence. When, when we're talking about the fact that both of these things mark out that God the Son was crucified, the worst act of injustice in human history. And yet God is sovereign and was working in such a way that he is raised because he was paying the penalty not for his own sins, but for ours. So there's resurrection. So it can't be trivial, giddy sort of joy because Mm. it takes the ultimate unjust death to accomplish it. But it is joy because it did accomplish it. And so in both of these, these are preemptive victory laps. These are the church gathering in a fallen world where we see all kinds of of negative and and violence and and we get beat down. And then we come and we see somebody baptized. And it's a preemptive victory lap that one day all of the dead in Christ will rise and we will be with him forever. And then we come to the Lord's table. And in the midst of a hungering in our souls for justice and righteousness, and we feel like we don't see it at any turn, and then we have the body and the blood. 
And we are reminded that, no, that we do know truth and righteousness. His name is Jesus, and he will have a kingdom of truth and righteousness forever and ever. So, so that cannot be irreverent because of the costliness of what it takes to bring those ordinances about. But it should certainly not be dour and funeral-like. These are preemptive victory laps where we say, yes, the gospel is true and the kingdom has come and is coming. <laughs>